No man is greater than his respect for sleep. Ogden Nash. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Commoners Honing All Disciplines podcast. Dark December, episode 9. Today, we're going to introduce uh, a new challenge for you guys for this month that we will also participate in. Uh, We're going to give you a bunch of tips on sleep. We're going to talk about the benefits of sleep. And we're going to analyze what sleep even is, why you should be sleeping uh, a healthy amount. And then we're also going to talk about winter and uh, how to take the cozy pill this winter. Let's go. Yeah, so um, we're going to be sleepers this winter. You know, uh, sleeper is our word, but you can say sleeper. Um, Yeah, so this December, we decided we wanted to do a little challenge that would, you know, improve our sleeps. As you guys all know, last month was November. It was No Nut November. We hope you did a great job. We hope you were able to abstain from any sort of uh, sexual activity. And, you know, we hope that it's really improved your life in a way. We hope that you can keep it going into December. But now it's December. Just to, got uh, us- just to cut in, there was a the poll I did on Instagram. 53% of people said they did make it. Let's fucking go. So we're happy for you 53%ers. Uh, really good job. And, you know, keep it going. Now that we're in December, though, we have another focus that we want to put into the limelight and that is sleep we want everyone to be focusing on their sleep because sleep is just so damn important no one talks about it it's so bad when you don't get a good sleep and we're going to get into all that juicy sleep material into that juicy mattress material (laughs) so what is the uh specifically like what, what do they have to do to complete the challenge so for Dark December, we're aiming to get nine hours of sleep every night. Um, you know, even if you can't get exactly nine, we're we're aiming to get a minimum of seven. So we're looking at about seven to nine hours of sleep every night, especially if you're the type of person who's only beginning six hours. Even a one or two hour increase is going to be a major difference for you. So, you know, do what you can in this, uh, in this season. I'm going to personally try to be in bed for about nine and a half hours every night, because as we know, you don't sleep exactly nine hours when you're in bed. You About half an hour to an hour of that maybe just trying to get to sleep, especially if you have trouble falling asleep or just waking up in the morning when you're a bit groggy. We want to be getting into bed for about not 10 hours to, to start nine and a half hours. Nine and a half hours seems to be about the sweet spot for being in actually being in bed. Um, you want to be sleeping about nine hours, seven to nine hours though. So if you can get a minimum of seven hours, you're probably going to want to be in bed for about seven and a half. And that's with no distractions. That's purely focused or not focused on sleeping, right? Because when you try to sleep, we know it doesn't work. When you don't try to sleep, you fall asleep right away. It's kind of silly like that, but that's how it works. So the aim of this month is to try to get uh, at least one week, a full week of nine and a half hour in bed, aka nine hours of sleep. That's the goal for this month. And if you can't do that, you know, try to get seven hours. You know, the whole point is increase the amount of sleep you're getting. And if you already sleep nine hours, do not sleep more, right? If you're an oversleeper, which people tend not to talk about, you know, pull back on that sleep. You might yeah, be oversleeping for a reason. Yeah, it's worse when you oversleep. You want to get that sweet spot of uh, seven to nine hours. And really closer to the nine-hour mark. I think eight. If you aim for eight, eight and a half, you're you're hitting that sweet spot. Another thing is the consistency of making it the mm-hmm. same every single day, right? That's important too. And the same on the weekends as you did throughout the week. Because you can mess yourself up by throwing it off on the weekend, staying up late Friday night, and then you got to sleep in. And by come Monday, you're going to be screwed up again because you got to wake up early. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like a jet lag. Yeah, so it's consistency and, you know, gaining hours on your sleep if you haven't and pulling back if you're an oversleeper. 
That's what we want. We want some consistency in your sleep pattern. That's our main goal for this month is the consistent quality sleep. So, yeah, we can go into right away. Let's talk about the tips that we we made for people to be able to complete this challenge. And uh, first one, I think is probably the, the key, is just make a schedule, right, and decide set bedtime and a set wake up time and just stick to that for the entire month and mm-hmm. um yeah go on that as best you can and maybe if it's not exactly working like maybe you need 10 minutes more in the morning wake up 10 minutes earlier but also make sure you're in bed that extra 10 minutes uh, when you go to bed so that you'll maintain the same amount of sleep and once you get that down to consistency i think you'll find over after a week, you'll start to feel like you have way more energy and you'll feel way better in the mornings just by keeping that consistent and the same every single day. Yeah. Um, the next, well, making a schedule, I'll go into that a little bit, is literally like can improve your whole life, not just your sleep schedule. So yeah, I highly recommend trying to make a schedule. Um, our next tip is to set a bedtime alarm. You know, people have alarms to wake them up in the morning. It might be a good idea for about, let's say, half an hour before you go to sleep to set an alarm to put your phone down, you know, go to your room, brush your te- like brush your teeth, get your stuff ready, or even an hour before you want to actually fall asleep. You set that phone, you set that alarm, you go do your routine at night, whatever it is, you shower, you brush your teeth, you do whatever you need to do, you read for... 20 minutes to half an hour, you just do something that's going to calm you down. You read, you pray, meditate, whatever it is. And then you actually fall asleep at a designated time. So you want to wake up at, you know, 7 a.m. You're going to want to set that sleep alarm probably for around uh, 10 p.m. So by 11 p.m., you're in bed and you're going to be in bed for eight solid hours, right? Mm. If you got to wake up earlier, you got to go to bed earlier and you're not going to miss much. This is my big, my biggest piece of advice to people. You don't miss much. Those couple hours, you might be like, oh, my friends are online, whatever. You really don't miss much. You're not, you don't gain much from being like on for an extra hour or two of like online gaming or whatever you're doing. You really don't gain much, right? So get that sleep, Get that schedule going. Get that art bedtime alarm going. That's important. Even if you're doing work or something, there's a big difference between like staying up an extra hour to get something done and just staying up an extra two hours because you were just scrolling through your phone and you couldn't fall asleep or something. That's obviously really bad for you. So, you know, if you are going to stay up, have a purpose for staying up. But not this month. This month, focus on the challenge, I would say. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, another thing we have to talk about, obviously, is caffeine consumption. Because the majority of people, not maybe not majority, but a lot of people use caffeine to wake up in the morning. And really, I personally don't need it, I think, because I sleep consistently and well. And just because it's just never appealed to me that much. But um, if you limit your caffeine consumption later in the day, because I think there's studies on this, I'm not going to quote anything, but I think it's past 12 p.m. Mm -hmm. If you have any kind of caffeine, it's still going to be in your system by the time you go to bed. So if you want to be totally reset to a restful state, then you're going to want to limit that caffeine to only in the mornings before noon. Yeah. So I do believe it is 12 PM. That is the good cutoff about eight hours before you go to bed. So if it's about eight hours before going to bed, I think by that time it's fully digested or like out of your system about eight hours, 12 PM is a good time to stop Uh, maximum two. uh, If you're going to bed around 10, like you really like the earlier the better, right? If you have a coffee in the morning, that's it. Leave it for the morning. Don't have one later, and do not, do not have one late at night. And hot cocoa, <laughs> hot cocoa's bullshit. I'm gonna add this too. Don't have large copious amounts of sugar before going to sleep. 
That's dumb. Yeah, sure what, are you a child? Is this Halloween? <laughs> Grow up. Grow up. The, the, the yeah. most I'll let you do is a cold glass of milk or a, a warm glass of milk to, to make you feel better to calm down. I don't know. Okay, but like grow up. Don't have all this. What are you doing having all this sugar before going to bed? This is, this is disgusting. You know? <laughs> also alcohol. Yeah. Like like a lot of alcohol before going to bed, it's not the greatest. You uh, And if you're going to drink because, you know, it's the winter months. Everyone's coming back home from school. Uh, you're going to have Christmas and stuff. Drink half a liter of water to about a liter of water before going to bed. To try to like drain or dilute the alcohol out of your system, and that's a good yeah. that's a good piece of advice in general. But especially this month when you're going to be eating like crap, um, you know you're going to be probably drinking a lot. You're going to be you're going to be inside a lot, which we will talk about. Um, and not doing that is important. But you know, no nonsense before bed. Basically, number one, no nonsense, no caffeine, no sugar, no alcohol, at least like two hours before bed for the sugar and alcohol, the caffeine even earlier, like Mm -hmm. eight hours. We're looking at eight hours. So again, everything is schedule. Everything is time. Everything is math. Do the math. All right. Good things come to those who calculate mathematics. I don't know. Yeah, that's so true. (laughs) But yeah, the... uh... The alcohol will definitely get into that, the specific effects when we talk about um, how sleep actually works. Because it is, uh, yeah, it's really detrimental to sleep quality, not necessarily uh, sleep quantity, because some people have alcohol to get to sleep because it's a calming effect, right? But it's actually really uh, detrimental to your ability to have a restful sleep. and we'll talk about why after. Another thing, just large amounts of food before you go to bed. Um, that also increases your wakefulness because your digestion system has to kick in. And, you know, you're getting energy from that. As well as exercise. Um, it's just kind of a no-brainer, but exercise is a, you know, an activity that gives you energy. And it, some people might think, oh, I'll, I'll work out. So then I'll be tired, but it's actually going to increase your mental activity. Oh yeah, don't so work out two hours before you go to bed. Tired. Yeah, even if you're physically tired, your brain is going to be on, and you won't be able to fall asleep. You'll have to, you know, take a couple hours to calm down after that. So yeah, because of and because of endorphins and adrenaline from exercise, like yeah, your exactly. body needs time to let one let your system dilute the amount of adrenaline and endorphins that just occurred and were rushing through you has to like slow down on its heart rate, you know, reduce the inflammation of the exercise. Like you really want to be in a state of like total chill before going to bed. You want to be totally chill, right? Like no, 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 no food, no exercise, no like, uh, drinks other than water. Two hours before bed is always a good rule. Uh, tea, I could give the exception for tea and warm milk maybe because they're not high in sugar or anything. Um, and then, you know, one hour before bed, no nonsense, no hyperactivity. Uh, that has to do with your brain. That has to do with your body, right? Like you want to be relaxing completely. You want to be in total Zen state. So when you go to sleep, you're like, ah, finally yeah, get to sleep. Uh... Nice sleep. I have a chamomile tea before bed, which is part of the, it's also part of the routine. So like, since I do that every single day before bed, as soon as I have the tea, it's kind of setting that stage for my brain. It's like, okay, now it's time for bed. Mm-hmm. If I didn't have the tea, then I wouldn't have that routine and it would be actually harder to fall asleep. Yeah. Like whatever works, man. Like this is, this is the whole point. Mm-hmm. Whatever is going to help you and is actually beneficial for you. We're all in favor about if you need that warm glass of milk, that's not that big of a deal. If you need, it's obviously not preferable, but if it's going to help get a longer sleep, it's going to help you stick to a routine. It's more beneficial to do it than not to do it and not stick to routine, right? If consistency and quality is the goal, you have to be able to do that a little bit in your own way, right? Some people are able to be rigid and like do nothing. Um, you know, that may not work for you. You might want to be a bit more loosey goosey, but you really want to kind of, 
you know, have a routine, have that consistency. This is the whole month. This month we'll be building up your consistency because guess what's coming next month, January, what's going to happen? Resolutions. How are you going to be able to stick to a resolution? You can't even get enough sleep. So we need to get started today on your damn sleep. Everyone want to be well rested, but nobody want to do the sleep. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying, my sleeper. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, we can we can get into the benefits of sleep now, um, which is obviously it's related to everything you do, because everyone knows if they have a crappy sleep that they're gonna have a crappy day. The following day, it's just a rule. <clears throat> so, why would you? set yourself up to have a bad day right at the beginning of the day, right? That comes all the way back to the night before and what your habits were then. That's determines whether or not you get a good sleep. So the number one thing, benefit of sleep is energy. You will have more energy throughout the day and that will make you feel better. Simple as that. Uh, yeah, like if you want to be able to wake up without setting multiple alarms, without snoozing. It's it, very possible if you're getting a consistent eight hours of sleep every day. Yeah, absolutely. And this is what we want. We want the consistency, man. It's so vital. It's such an important part of life to have consistency, to have some sort of routine. And, and it really does. It starts with this, the beginning of the day and ends with the end of your day. So you've got to have those two things. No matter what happens during the day, if those two things are solid mm-hmm. – you're, you're going to be prepared for that next day more than you would be if you didn't have those two things, right? Yeah, exactly. The act of having a routine just keeps you grounded. It adds order to your life, right? Sifts through the chaos and keeps you um, keeps you on track. Mm-hmm. That's one thing for me. I'd say I need to have it. <laughs> I need to have that order. Yeah, I think Morning most people night. do. Yeah, morning and night, I got to do the exact same thing every day. It sets me up to be productive, be energetic all day long. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. the other thing, like mental clarity. People, a lot of people don't realize what their performance could be because they haven't had that consistent sleep. Like Especially students are getting very poor sleep and they're the ones who probably need the most mental function every day like there's people people will sleep like three hours because they studied so much for an exam but not realize how much that that lost sleep is going to affect their performance on the exam because their their brain's just simply not going to be up to the up to the task right yeah i think there's even a study done basically saying like if you already know the material obviously or you've learned it before and you just kind of haven't reviewed it it's not worth it for to like do an all nighter because chances are your performance on the exam will be worse. Mm-hmm. Like than just having an, a quality eight hours sleep. Yeah. And how much can you really learn from in, in, in that sleep deprived state, right? Like everyone's been in that, you know, you didn't sleep well and you can barely keep your brain focused. It's like you're in a fog. Yeah, exactly. How, how well can you really be retaining information? If you're in that fog, right? So yeah, students. I'm I'm guessing a lot of people who listen to this are students. That's one thing you should is maintain a sleep schedule and a study schedule. Like mm-hmm. study enough, but if you can keep your brain in peak performance, then you're going to do much better in school. And as well for people that are working, you know, you want to be perform well at work. You want to just be sharp mentally because that's a good thing then sleep is crucial for that yeah absolutely and i think that goes over really a lot of these tips here um you know i'll kind of reiterate them for everyone you said it make a schedule set a bedtime alarm limit your caffeine consumption to eight hours before you go to bed i think it's a good rough rule Screen time, so do not go on your phone about one hour before you go to sleep. Um, 
minimum half an hour, let's say, if you really need yeah. to be on that phone. More, more is but better. The, obviously. the longer, the better. Yeah, being away from the screen before going to sleep. So let's say an hour. Like stay off your phone about an hour before you go to bed. Uh, read before you go to bed. Do something that's going to relax your brain, kind of, and read something that you enjoy. Read something that you would like. Obviously, limit your exercise to about at most two hours before bed. So when your exercise ends. That's going to be about two hours before you go to bed. So if you're going to bed at 10 p.m., you want to be finished exercising your cool down, your stretches, everything by like 8 p.m., right? And then you can shower and chill and read, and then you'll have a nice sleep. You earn that sleep, right? You're going to earn that sleep. That's another tip is have a good enough day that you feel good about having a nice, long, selfish sleep almost. And no large meals before bed and try not to drink a lot before going to bed in terms of alcohol or coffee or whatever. Um, if you do eat a lot before going to bed, you know, maybe go for a little walk, 10 minute walk to digest. It's not going to get your heart rate up so much that it'll really affect you. Right. But it may help with your digestion enough that you can go to sleep a bit easier. So that's not a bad thing to think about in terms of um, if it does happen, uh, same for alcohol too, you know, a 10, 20 minute walk with a bunch of water, you know, that's going to help you fall asleep. So those are our essential sleep tips to begin a quality dark December. Hmm. Uh, one thing we didn't even touch on before that I just thought of was, um, cause it kind of relates to the digestion fact is, uh, nutritional quality if you're eating poor quality food your body's gonna have a harder time digesting it and it'll take longer to digest and then it'll affect your sleep as well there's something else to keep in mind eat quality food and um you just touched on it as well i'll just reiterate again the uh because i don't think we mentioned it before make sure you're actually doing enough throughout the day where you're gonna feel tired when you go to bed because a lot of people have the problem i can't fall they say i can't fall asleep or it takes me so long to fall asleep but if you've exhausted all of your energy throughout the day because maybe you're not doing enough throughout the day physically or even mentally because mental takes a lot of energy um yeah you should be working hard enough that you you know you, you get in bed and you're half hour maximum fall asleep I think that's a good rule if you're taking longer than half an hour to to actually fall asleep just by doing nothing then you probably didn't exhaust all your energy yeah absolutely and especially for those of you who are like chronic thinkers um or you just have generally have a lot of energy you know make sure you get that energy out throughout the day by working out uh doing something that's important to you you know writing is always a good thing especially those chronic overthinkers those chronic overthinkers who tend to just sit in bed and just think like, bro, go right for a half an hour mm-hmm. and then go to sleep and see what happens. Yeah, it might change your whole life, point. right? Or even 10 minutes. Like sometimes I'll be like, man, this thing is on my mind. I go write it down for five minutes. I can think about it and I go, oh, that feels better. And I'll go read and go to sleep. It's like just such a simple thing that we kind of neglect. When you realize you have to live with yourself for the rest of your life, bro, do a little bit of things that might be out of the ordinary that may change your life for the better. Like, don't be stupid. Don't be silly. Don't be goofy. Yeah. This is not the time, don't, right? Don't be an idiot. There was a quote we were looking at because we find quotes for the episode. And there's one that said, there is a time to for many words and there's a time to sleep. And this That was from mm. Homer. Like, this dude wrote epics. He will be remembered more than you ever will. And he probably <laughs> slept more than you too. Probably. So be better. Be better. That's that simple. Be better. <laughs> get good, no, but not your true. own life. Yeah, get good, bud. That's a good slogan. Like, get, get good. good. Let me just get good. Uh, so we should talk about... Um, the, uh, the effects on testosterone and sleep, which I, I don't think it's that why they talked about, but 
when people talk about maximizing testosterone, uh, which is super important for men for all types of reasons, and we probably will do a whole episode just on testosterone uh, optimization because that's really important. But sleep is the main metric that is going to affect your testosterone day to day. Uh, there was one interesting fact that I came across when we were uh, talking about this episode. And it said men who only sleep five to six hours, which I, I think is about the average mm-hmm. um, sleep for a normal person, which is obviously you know about two hours less than what's optimal. They have a testosterone level of someone who's 10 years older than them. So by cutting those two hours of sleep, you're aging yourself. And obviously uh, that's going to affect your, not just your energy because you're not sleeping, but your testosterone is going to go down, which is going to make you even more tired. And also the testosterone lower is going to have other effects. Like you'll store more fat muscle mass will decrease you'll be depressed uh you just won't have any zest for life as they say like you just won't have that you won't have what makes a man a man basically yeah absolutely if you're not sleeping like sleep is uh sleep honestly is like the minimum for the sleep is the minimum thing needed for recovery so people can Mm -hmm. you know take their rest days and they can do their stretching and they're like active recovery all they want, right? If you're not sleeping, good luck getting gains. People will be like, oh, I'm plateauing. Why am I plateauing? Well, do you sleep like nine, like eight to nine hours a night? No. Well, good luck recovering. Mm -hmm. All of your recovery, all of your recovery, or not even all, a majority, but a major majority of of your recovery comes in your sleep. So imagine only sleeping six hours and you just busted your ass out of that crazy workout. Good luck not being sore the next day. And I think that's a big problem. People work out and they're sore and they, they're sore the next day and they're sore the next day after that. Well, why? You're not getting enough sleep. Yeah. I guarantee you, you're not getting enough sleep. And you're not drinking enough water probably too. Yeah. If you're an athlete, you're probably you're really handicapping yourself by not focusing on the sleep issue. Because it's that um, crucial for the recovery. And it's definitely um, something people don't notice because they don't think about it. But once you start doing the the consistent sleep, you will notice these benefits, which is why we made this challenge so that people will see the benefits and then want to continue sleeping consistently and improving their lives further from there. But it's just such a common thing in the culture where people are like, oh, I didn't sleep. I only got five hours of sleep last night or even less. I only slept three hours and I'm good on that. And they and don't brag about it. You're an idiot. Yeah, They brag about it. You're bragging about being unhealthy. It's like Lizzo bragging about being fat. It doesn't take much. <laughs> yeah. You're just yeah, doing not nothing. Hard. Yeah. Like I'm at work and some guy says to me, Oh, I barely slept last night. I only slept four hours. I'm like, Oh cool. I slept eight. And they look at you like, idiot. like you're an asshole. I'm like, Bro, I'm doing what's what's normal. You're the one who's fucking yourself over with four hours of sleep a night. Now you can't even work properly. You're like moping around, tired as hell, and ugly. And just, yeah, yeah you're ugly. Like, yeah, you don't get sleep. You're ugly. Why do you think we call it beauty way. sleep? It's true. Yeah, like what is it? Wrinkles and stuff. You'll get way more. Um, your face will just be. You'll get bags in your eyes, stuff like yeah, that. Man. I don't know specifically but that's why yeah. hitting the wall hitting the wall you hit the wall a lot earlier if you don't sleep bro <laughs> i'm not gonna mention what that's about but you know what it means if you know what it means you know what it means why do you think you know they hit know. the wall they get their phds and they hit the wall like a truck why do you think because they ain't sleeping yeah. they ain't sleeping you gotta be sleeping get your What's beauty that, sleep. that statistic um doctors only learn nine hours of class time and their whole degree about sleep and it's like one of the most important physiological processes to human beings and they only learn nine hours of it and doctors are probably not sleeping at all when they're doing their school because they're studying so Mm -hmm. much right 
Yeah, the residencies and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, they get ruined, That's... man. And even their daily, like their jobs and stuff, they get totally wrecked. They're more likely yeah. to have depression. And I know that's also because of their field, but like it's also because of the lack of like literal recovery that they're allowed to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. It's another thing. Uh, we should talk about cold showers regarding to sleep. Because that can help you. That can help you get to sleep. If you've if you've cooled yourself off, because mm-hmm. I think everyone knows it's a lot harder to sleep in the summer if it's hot, right? You pretty much can't sleep; it gets too hot. So that cold shower, you know, lowers your core body temperature, making mm-hmm. it easier to fall asleep afterwards. I think everyone, uh, I know, I hear a lot of people say, "Oh, I like to sleep in the winter with my window open or with the fan on," and it's like. It's colder outside, but you're under the covers, which is warmer, and you get mm-hmm. that contrast between the the coziness and the the cold. Yeah, that's a little. I mean, you might piss off your dad with the heating bill, but uh, <laughs> yeah. your mom with the heating bill. But uh, you know, that's not a bad uh, idea, right? Leave the door open, have the window open a crack, uh, or sleep with less yeah, covers yeah. on. That's what I like to. I just sleep with less covers on. Like I'll mm-hmm. do just like the sheet, or I'll do just the um, a cover depending on how cold it is. Um, but, you know, uh, uh, some other things that may affect your sleep uh, we didn't necessarily talk about is the use of drugs before going to bed. So I know now a lot mm-hmm. of people take CBD to help them fall asleep. You know, if you're on that type of stuff, try to wean yourself off of it, right? Try to do some of these tips. Try to wean yourself off of things that make you dependent on sleep, Um you might have sleep apnea, which means you wake up a lot during your sleep. To prevent sleep apnea, you got to start losing weight because the biggest problem with sleep mm. apnea is people are overweight. That's the biggest, the like, the biggest likelihood yeah. of sleep apnea is you from is is from being overweight, right? So you want to try to lose Isn't some it a weight this month. Problem? Yeah. So what? So sleep apnea basically has the idea that <clears throat> your airway um, path gets blocked off and this is it's basically snoring so sleep apnea is snoring but your airway pathway gets blocked off by your uh the the thing that cuts off your nose from your mouth like it prevents Mm -hmm. them from combining i forget what it's called but basically that thing in your throat it vibrates when you sleep that's what snoring comes from and if you breathe from your mouth and that thing's swollen you're gonna snore and what will happen is you'll get sleep apnea so one of the number one things is to Breathe through your nose often, always, even during the day, even when you're working out, just all the time, breathe through your nose. Um, when you go to bed, if you do have sleep apnea, you tend to breathe through your mouth, try mouth taping, mm. right? You can look up more on that. Uh, I would probably put in a resource about that, but look up mouth taping, uh, look up nose breathing, right? For bedtime, because you really sleeping through your mouth is like breathing through your mouth is not normal. It does not assist the human body, right? Like breathing through your nose helps the air to warm up when it's cold outside and helps the air to cool down when it's hot outside when you're breathing. That's why in the sauna, people tend to breathe from their nose Mm. because it's so hot. Your nose is able to cool the air down when it gets into your lungs, whereas your mouth is not, not nearly as efficiently as your nose does. As well, you're you're over-oxygenating. Yeah. To, yeah, so you don't pant to cool down. The sweat is supposed to cool down. So you, there's no reason you shouldn't breathe through your nose. And you notice how every animal breathes tends to breathe through their nose when they're not panting. That's mm-hmm. that's the same for humans. But the problem is we tend to not use our nose. And what happens when you don't use something, you lose it. So make sure you prioritize a small tip, which may help a lot of people. Prioritize using your nose to breathe during the day so that when you sleep, you can use your nose to sleep. And that's what mouth taping will help you do as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mouth tape was like a, a game changer for me ever since I started doing that. It just felt great every, every night. So you don't wake up as often in the middle of sleeping. That's what I noticed when I started doing it. I don't wake up nearly as often in the middle of a sleep. Yeah. Because if you're, you are snoring like, and your airway gets blocked, that could trigger you to wake up, right? Each it time will. It, it will. 
Yeah. Like it, it won't could. No, no, it will, but you might not notice it, but it does. And those are called sleep disruptions. And a way to measure that, I know Apple Watch actually measures that, not perfectly, but it measures it well enough to notice if something's happening to you. As well, another thing that helped me notice that is the Whoop strap, which is a paid for like wearable fitness thing that can help track your sleep cycles. I think it was very accurate in tracking sleep tracking sleep cycles, but because what ends up happening is your heart rate spikes when your oxygen cuts off because your body thinks you can't breathe. So that that's what it'll pick up. That's what it'll detect. Um, and that's a very big deal because what happens when your heart rate spikes, when you're in a deep sleep, you're going to, your body's going to be disturbed and that's not good. That, that means you're not getting a full quality sleep, which is why we talk about quality and consistency. Yeah, that's a really good point. The, uh, because you think about you're supposed to be at rest, your heart rate should be low. So anything that spikes it is obviously bad in that situation when you're trying to yeah, be, absolutely trying to be rested. Uh, so what about people with um, insomnia? Yeah, well, I think you know. Um, I said to, to you know take notes and write things down before they go to bed. They their insomnia may only exist because they're on their phones, right? So. Some people just are just on their phones chronically, so they can't really fall asleep without it, and then they get into that habit. So that major thing might change that. Um, for a lot of people, it's overthinking or anxiety, and writing things down might help with that. Meditation might help with that. Um, you know, if you do use like drugs like CBD or something, you know, uh, try like I said, try weaning off of that. If you really can't, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Everyone's kind of different in that sense, and sleep is a big deal. So. You know, uh, another thing that will help with insomnia is just removing everyday stressors. So, you know, letting go a lot of bullshit. It's the Christmas season. You know, you don't want to be unhappy. No one wants to be unhappy on Christmas. So get get yourself in the Christmas spirit. Yeah, exactly. Like get right with God, get right with yourself, you know, do good, do good things for yourself. Take care of yourself. Yeah. Right. And, and don't, if they're assholes, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if they're total assholes, like don't, cause that's just fucking up your life. Right. Or, or make point. it conditional because like, be like, it's your family and you obviously you love them, but like if they're causing this much stress in your life and you live alone or whatever, um, and you just, you know, give them a chance obviously and kind of make yeah. yourself, give yourself in a good position to like, be able to go home for Christmas without freaking the hell out, right? Try to put yourself in that mindset. But, um, you know, if you can't tolerate it, uh, you know, it is what it is, man. Like, you got to do what you got to do. Nothing's nothing's perfect, but the whole point is you try to optimize regardless of mm-hmm. perfection. Yeah, obviously you'll know for yourself, like, if visiting your family is going to be a huge detriment to yourself or a huge benefit. So yeah, take that into consideration. Uh, is there any other benefits that we missed? Well, I'm going to talk about one as we get into the sleep cycles here. I'm going to talk about the major yeah, benefits. Go ahead. go ahead into sleep cycles. Yeah. So let's get into what the hell sleep actually is. So basically I don't, I don't even think scientists know why humans sleep at this point, No, but we do. So shut the hell up. It's kind of weird too damn bad. It. it is weird. It is weird, right? But everyone does it. Every animal, every human, everyone does it. So obviously it's there for a reason. And there is benefits from sleep as we've discussed, uh, but we don't know why it happens. And we don't, we especially don't know why memory is so affected by it and why recovery is so affected by it, but it is. So it could have to do with your body temperature, which I believe it does. There's a lot of evidence to support that. Um, But let's get into these sleep cycles. So the first sleep cycle is called light sleep. So this is when you go into a very semi-conscious state. You can kind of still hear things and maybe see a little bit of light. You're a little aware of your surroundings. Your body's starting to relax. Your heart rate's starting to slow down. Your thoughts are starting to slow down. That's going to last about 10 to 20 minutes. And it's easier for you to wake up out of that state. That's why naps, you want to take your naps for about either 20 minutes or you want to go a full hour and a half. And there's in between that is kind of messing things up. And I'll get into that because 90 minutes is about a full sleep cycle. 
So if you're taking a nap and you don't want to be waking up during deep sleep, which you do not because that disrupts your brain's ability to process memories, you don't want that to happen. So what you'll do is you'll sleep a full 90 minutes-ish or you'll sleep a 10 to 20-minute power nap. I personally prefer the power nap. What I do is I set my alarm exactly for 22 minutes because it takes you about a couple minutes to fall asleep, right? Set my alarm for 22 minutes. I'll I'll plop on my couch, never in my bed. I do not like to nap in my bed Mm. because your bed is for reading and sleeping and that's it. It's not for Netflix. It's not for anything else. It is for reading and sleeping and you should make that a habit. And although napping is sleeping, we talked about this before, setting is important. Naps are great if you have a favorite napping couch because what ends up happening is, oh, this, this couch is for napping. This is what I do on this couch. Um, Mm -hmm. and you kind of get used to that. So what will happen is you actually get fall asleep faster for a nap in that spot on that. And you probably will just automatically wake up after a shorter time, right? Yeah, exactly. Because it's not your bed. So it's not as comfortable, right? So there's that, there's that setting. We're talking about that. That's that light sleep. And you want that light sleep. That's going to put your mind at ease a little bit. It's going to calm you down. You're going to get a slight recovery because your heart rate's going to slow down. So that's a good, good way to take a nice power nap, get, get you a little bit rejuvenated there. So after that first light sleep cycle, the second sleep cycle is still a light sleep. They haven't really determined a name for all these, which is kind of sad because we've been sleeping for thousands of years. So they, you'd think these fucking scientists <laughs> would figure this shit out by now, but whatever. <laughs> it's cool. I'm not going to be upset about it. Science. I can't control trust, that. Trust the science. Trust the science. You fucking idiots. Um, <laughs> even though they know nothing. Uh, so we're going to, you know, go into these sleep cycles. We're going to go into our second light sleep cycle. And this is basically where memories start to form as your brain activity starts to reoccur, but it reoccurs in slow and brain wave spikes. It doesn't happen like it does when we're thinking, which is like active brain activity. It's more like spikes, where parts of your brain will activate versus others, depending on what your brain needs. You won't know that because it's your brain and it does it by itself. It's automatic. These beautiful, miraculous processes occur all by themselves, which is awesome. And we have to trust them and endorse them and follow through with them. So the second light sleep cycle, the memories are formed and your brain activity starts recurring and your heart rate begins to slow down a little bit more. Um, but your body may move around a little bit. This is what happens if you wake up and your sheets are all over the place. That's, that's when that happens. That's when that light sleep cycle happens. And after that light sleep cycle, we start going into our first wave of deep sleep. So these are, are, we'll call this slow wave sleep for now. And this is basically when your brain goes into a completely relaxed state your mind is completely unconscious. So what happens is your body goes fully limp and your body itself starts to repair itself. Your immune system is going to work during this period of time. Your body temperature, interestingly enough, your body temperature is going to decrease quite a bit and your heart rate is going to slow down quite a lot. So this is like your resting, resting heart rate. This gets very low compared to a waking heart rate, waking, resting heart rate. It's going to be a very low heart rate. And this is when memories are going to form. uh, Sorry, not memories, but your body starts to repair itself. The physical aspects of your body. So your mind repairs itself. Your cells repair itself. Your immune system repairs itself. This is where your recovery comes in. This is where it really kicks into full gear by lowering that body temperature. And I believe because your body temperature lowers, it reduces inflammation, which allows for potential recovery, right? Because inflammation Mm. is necessary for growth, but it is not necessary for recovery. You need cooling for recovery. You need relaxation. You need repair for recovery. So I think this is why this is an important part of your sleep for your body's recovering. Now, after the slow wave cycle, you go into the deep sleep cycle, which is about similar to it, the slow wave, but it's even deeper into this. So when you get woken up in this deep sleep cycle, you're going to be really groggy. You're going to be really tired. You're going to be really confused. And, you know, that's when you don't want to get waken up. So, yeah, you know, that's the worst time to get wake that's, up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's why you want to spend about 90 minutes on your naps because if you're going to nap that long, you want to spend about 90 minutes because that's 
that's when a full sleep cycle happens and you go through these five stages and then and then after this deep sleep cycle this deep wave sleep which we know happens is just two parts of the cycle i'm sure it's slightly different and that's why they classify it as different parts but after this slow wave deep sleep cycle we kick into the most popular or most well-known sleep cycle which is rem rem sleep which stands for rapid eye movement and this is an interesting phenomenon because it's almost as if you're awake uh-huh. it's almost as if your brain activity is awake and your body isn't necessarily limp anymore and you may like again throw the sheets off your bed this is when dreams happen this is when i like to say your subconscious mind comes out to play comes up to dance a little bit, all right? This is when you have your dreams, your nightmares, all the chaos that happens during your sleep. It, that, that All the chaos that happens during your life, this is when it comes out to play. This is when it comes out really? to wreak havoc. When you wake up in the <laughs> middle of the night screaming because you had a crazy dream or you have your nocturnal emission at this time because you had a really great dream. You know, this is when the this is the money maker. This is when shit happens when you sleep. Yeah. This is, I think, this why is, we need to sleep. This is really interesting to me because it's kind of like not what you think of sleep as being. Like you think of the deep sleep would be the most effective. Mm-hmm. But uh, the one study that I or one fact I found for this episode was that rats would die if they were deprived of only REM sleep. They would die as fast as they would die from starvation of no food so what does that tell you that specifically REM sleep is entirely crucial uh, physiologically like as much as food like we literally die if we don't get it absolutely so yeah there's definitely something going on there that science doesn't understand at all but it's hugely important that you you get enough REM sleep absolutely that goes back to the uh the point about drugs um because alcohol and marijuana specifically will uh decrease the amount of REM sleep that you have and it's such an important uh need for the human brain that um alcoholics and also i don't know what, what do you call it weedaholic or whatever potheads stoner pothead yeah yes yeah, stoner weedaholic weedaholic. <laughs> weedaholic that's funny that's, that's how little I know about doing drugs, by the way. That's that said weedaholic. Anyways, the uh, yeah, it prevents you from having REM sleep, which is so necessary for your brain that these people, alcoholics and weedaholics, they start having yeah. hallucinations. <laughs> I'm just, just going to say that now. They start having hallucinations even while they're awake. And it's like, it's like REM sleep occurring while they're awake because it's so important. That the brain literally needs to have it, and I think that's um, yeah, it's definitely not fully understood as to why this is a, a thing, but yeah, it is, and that's all your your dreams. So the brain's obviously very active during this this period as well. Yeah, it's basically like your subconscious being able to live out its own in its fun little world. All right. And you want to let that happen or else your subconscious will wreak havoc on your daily life. Um, you know, so, and after this happens, your mind goes back to light sleep and you restart the cycle. So this every 90 minutes, this occurs. And I think for babies, babies tend to have more. Um, let me check this to corroborate it properly, but I believe babies tend to have more, um, non REM sleep. And adults tend to have more REM sleep. I guess that makes sense. I made that. I made this might be backwards. I'm trying to find it here. Yeah. So your your the full sleep cycle takes about 90 to 110 minutes. So you know that's why nine hours kind of makes sense because an hour and a half times you know uh, was it an hour and a half times 18 is about nine hours. So that's a nice solid 18 sleep cycles. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful amount of sleep. Um, and your non-REM, so non-REM is obviously non-REM. It's your deep sleep and it's your light sleep. Um, so this builds bone and muscle. It repairs and regenerates tissues and it strengthens your immune system. And as you age, you get less 
non-REM sleep. Okay, so yes, I was correct. Older adults get less deep sleep than young people. They get more REM sleep, but they tend not to memorize their dreams as much, which is interesting. I believe, though, when you're a baby or when you're younger, you get more deep sleep, which allows more growth. Makes sense, right? You allow When you're a baby, you grow so much. When you're young, you grow so much. When you go through puberty, you grow so much. And you only start to dream really like noticeably longer dreaming periods when you're a bit older, right? Yeah. So you definitely want to be hitting those power naps. You want to be hitting those uh, deep sleep cycles. You want to be hitting eight hours to nine hours of sleep, right? Like that's your mm-hmm. sweet, sweet, sweet spot. Um, that's going to be a good time for everybody, especially you included. And I think that concludes our explanation on the sleep cycle. So, yeah. Definitely some interesting stuff there and all very applicable to your life. Should we, uh, so should transition kind of still related. It's related to, uh, dark December, but not necessarily about sleep. We want. I don't know to, if I'm uh, done. I don't know if I'm this. done with sleep yet. All right, go ahead, man. Go ahead. Well, I think, I think like, so I wanted to say, and I think we talked about this, but like sleep is connected with every aspect of your life. Because if you have a bad sleep, you're going to have a shit day. No matter how good your For day sure. is, it's going to be feel like shit. So you need to be getting those good sleeps. You need to be getting that selfish sleep. That's what I like to call it. Because mm. a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to do it. I want to sleep too long because I won't be able to talk to other people. Whatever. Shut the hell up. You won't <laughs> be as effective in talking to other people if you don't get that good, good sleep. Your body yeah. is addicted to certain things because they're so vital to your survival, right? That's why they occur. It's not nonsense. It's not chaos. It's total order, right? Getting that nice yeah. eight-hour, seven-and-a-half, eight-hour, nine-hour sleep, that's what you want, man. That's that's what's going to get you a good day. It's going to be a productive day. You're going to be effective at work. You'll be effective in school. You're going to be better at scheduling. You're going to be more considerate for others because you feel good. If you feel like shit, it's very hard to have some sort of empathy for other people. You need to be yeah. doing things that help you feel good about yourself. And sleep is yeah, simply one of those things. And we may not understand it fully, but it's so necessary. And the people who sleep well tend to be way happier, it seems like. Oh, this is what I really wanted to add. So in terms of Alzheimer's and dementia, one of oh, the yeah. highest correlated things with preventing Alzheimer's and dementia is getting consistently good sleep, especially in your young age. Mm -hmm. Because as you get older, you tend not to sleep as much because that's just how your body works. Um, But in that young age, in those crucial age years from like 10 to 30, probably you really, when you can be conscious about your sleep, let's say you really want to be getting as much optimal sleep, not oversleeping because that's not healthy. That's not good because then your body becomes very lazy. Uh, you want to be getting that optimal sleep, that mm-hmm. nine hour, eight hour sleep every day consistently if you can, you know, making schedules if you need to, right? Like really optimizing that sleep to prevent these diseases. It's going to help your recovery. It's going to help your bones stay strong. It's going to help your mind stay strong. It's going to help really with everything in your life if you just get a good freaking sleep. Yeah, because Alzheimer's is up to, I think it's 50% of the population now. Yeah, it's oh yeah, about, about there. Alzheimer's slash dementia. Um, yeah. The idea is brain rotting. There's other attributes that add to Alzheimer's and dementia, which one of them is high fructose corn syrup uh, slash high sugar mm-hmm. diets, which a lot of people aluminum tend to have now. as well as uh, get aluminum yeah. in your body. Yeah, so these all these things contribute. But one of the things to prevent this is if you get a good freaking sleep. Yeah, I think sleep, yeah, you're right. It's the highest correlation with Alzheimer's. Yeah, that's why it's the highest correlation, so it very likely does have to do something with the disease itself. The other things are speculative right now. There's studies being done in terms of carbohydrates in in relation to holes in your brain and the actual degradation of your brain because people don't realize your brain uh, utilizes insulin to uh, regulate itself or or some sort of regulation within the brain uh, utilizes sugar and insulin, I guess, for energy consumption because your brain's like a muscle, right? It uses calories. So these calories have to come from something. Half of your heart is specifically dedicated to only pumping the brain and lungs. 
Yeah, right? so it's important. That's, it's a useful that's muscle. So huge. Um, big brain. Think about the mass difference between yeah, big brain moment. The difference between just the mass of your brain and lungs and the rest of your body, but it's that important that it takes up half of all your blood, which is how you get energy to organs. Yeah, through oxygen, they're able to be they're able to function with the use of oxygen in in your bloodstream, right? So. Mm. Yeah, that's that's all I have to say about that. Um, we could go into cozy a little bit. It's not much. It's not too much. Do no, a little I think it's good to mention. Or... Yeah, absolutely. Take take the cozy pill. Become cozy pilled. <laughs> uh, those are the those are the adjectives we're choosing. Yes. Um, yeah. So basically, this time of year, there's something called seasonal affective disorder, uh, which is essentially yearly uh, depression. We're just going to refer to it as SAD, uh, which is a good name. And yeah, the idea is the sun goes down early. Uh, you got shorter days. you got worse weather. And, you know, vitamin D is less of a factor. And as a result, people get, you know, seasonally depressed, right? They every winter they, they feel worse, but then in the summer, you know, they, they kind of perk back up because the, the sun's out again, the weather's good. So we wanted to give tips on how to combat this because it's December, it's the darkest month. And um, I think the antidote to this is the cozy pill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Basically, what that means to take the cozy pill is to live a cozy lifestyle. And the only way to do that in the winter is not actually to stay inside all the time and stay warm all the time. It actually comes from a contrast that you can experience only in the winter months because you can go outside. I don't know, uh, you know, a lot of people, most people listening to this are in the northern hemisphere, so they're probably going to get a winter. And here it gets to be like minus 20. You can go outside and go for a run for 10 minutes and minus 20, you're going to be freezing, right? You're not, the humans are not supposed to do that. Yeah, they are. That's cap. <laughs> well, that's cap. Yeah, you are. Don't be a pussy. I mean, the whole point of being we're, cozy, we're, pills, we're descended from uh, Neanderthals, right? They were, we, we're, they lived we're in meant the to ice be cold. Age. We're meant to be cold. We're meant to be cold. So stop being a pussy and get cold. But you don't have to do it for 10 hours. You don't have to be an extremist, a cold extremist. But get outside. You know, get outside. Get moving. The, the big problem with sad is because people are stuck inside because mm-hmm. they think, oh, it's cold. I can't go outside. No, no, no. You can go outside. It's going to be cold, but go outside. Bundle up. Do what you got to do. There's a lot of winter activities that can be done. You can go tobogganing. You can go skating. You can go skiing. You can go snowboarding. You can go snowshoeing. You can go cross-country skiing. There's a plethora of outdoor activities you can do. You can build a snowman, right? It's probably good gains. Building a snowman is probably good gains, right? You're pushing the ball, Absolutely. right? You're picking it up. It's like a stone. It. Yeah. It's like a stone lift, man. Like build a freaking snowman. Like get creative. Go work out outside. Go do bodyweight exercise outside with a freaking t-shirt and shorts on, and see what happens to you. Be a little crazy with it. And then yeah. when you take a nice shower and you go inside, you can appreciate that beautiful fireplace heat. You can appreciate yeah. those chestnuts roasting on the open fire. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, nice but Jack butter. Frost, but listen, Jack Frost has to be nipping at your nose. Yeah. Or else you're not going to enjoy those chestnuts roasting on the open fire. Then they're going to be well, too what enjoyable. Is, what is comfort without the hardship? You're never going to know what comfort really feels like if you haven't already experienced the, car, the hardship. So, so you got to let – The key to be let, happy in winter is literally – to go swim in a frozen lake, and come out, <laughs> get out, sip, sit by a fireside in a wool sweater, sipping hot cocoa. Yeah, and you'll feel great about it too. Exactly. Like, don't be boring, man. We live these boring ass lives. Do something out of the oh, ordinary for once, man. For once, stop being a. F- People are know, they so make fun of you, but they're bored. What do they make? Yeah. They're bored out of their mind. What do they make in front of you? Wow, bro, you go to you go into frozen lakes. What are you crazy? You sit down and watch <laughs> Netflix for eight hours a day during winter break. Yeah. And I'm the crazy one. You're fucked, buddy. You're 
fuck, dude. Yeah, you only take a break from Netflix to watch porn and masturbate. <laughs> yeah, literally, it's like you're not Cheeto. doing much, bro. You're drinking and being fat and lazy all day while I am literally cold and cozy pilled and being based and outdoors. I'm literally and, channeling my hyperborean spirit. Uh, in yeah, the it's real. <laughs> it's real. It's freaking real and it's freaking epic and it's freaking cold for a reason. So get out there. Those pioneers weren't pussies like you were. So get <laughs> no, the hell out there, there, man. Yeah, that's the other like we have central heating, which they didn't have a hundred years ago. Like you can appreciate the fact that you can go enter a warm house and you can be outside and be cold for a couple minutes. Like Yeah, five to ten minutes, an hour, like it's not much. When you look at the grand scheme of things, you're inside most of the day. An hour outside, even in the cold, is literally nothing. Yeah. You know, and you just might you might might just like it, right? Try the Wim Hof method or something. Yeah, try going outside with a t-shirt and shorts, even for five minutes. See what happens. See how you feel. Might get your blood pumping. Try the try a winter cold shower. Like cold showers are great in the summer, but in the winter, man, that's a different beast. Especially if you live in a place like Canada, it's a whole different yeah. beast. Yeah, for sure. I actually prefer cold in the winter just because it's actually cold. So dry. Yeah, and it's like it's actually it's not cool yeah, it's something, like in the it's summer. Just something about it. It's not like oh, I was hot and now I'm cooling off. It's like I was just at a normal temperature and now I really gotta brace myself for this yeah. cold shower. Definitely, that's awesome. And that's the cozy pill, that's the cold pill, that's the sleep pill, that's the insomnia pill. Yeah. Um, all in one. That's the sad pill, not being sad pilled. All in one, all wrapped fun. into – yeah, take your pills, take your vitamins, the good ones though, not the – do not take your SSRIs. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's not medical advice. That's not medical advice. Do not sue me. That's uh, – not not real that's not real that's not serious um but yeah like have some fun have some fun this winter make it a priority yeah, to have fun if you're someone who hates the cold make it a priority say i don't care what happens this winter i'm gonna have fun mm-hmm. i'm gonna spend some time in the cold i'm gonna have some fun i'm gonna get some winter activities out of the way yeah I mean, last year on my birthday I, I got up at like four in the morning and just went for a hike and it was still awesome. like pretty cold at that time, just Four, just so yeah, that I yeah. could do something outside of my normal routine for my birthday. That's awesome, man. Right. Must have been so, fun. Yeah, something to think about. Don't don't wait for your birthday to do that. Just do that on any old day. Do that today, man. Do that. Like a yeah. lot of you guys are students, I'm sure you'll have a winter break. Even if you're not a student, a lot of people take time off work for like the week or so. Like. Just get crazy. Get a little crazy with it, man. Get a little. Yeah, there's no just, formula for this stuff. This is the thing. There's optimal and there's suboptimal. You know, try to just touch optimal. Try to just reach for it mm-hmm. a little bit here. Figure yeah, out what's optimal. You can literally do anything you. you want. A lot of people don't realize that. A lot of people don't realize they can just do whatever they want. You can, you can LARP. You, you can just be anything. It's kind of hard to explain unless you're the type of person who just does it, but. Yeah, just just be the guy. Just do it. Be the guy. Be the guy. I, I remember last year, I just got a hankering to run outside in the cold. I got a hankering. Yeah. So I just did it. And I would end That's... up getting so warm, I would take off my shirt and just be jogging without a shirt and just pants and, and running so shoes. Based. And people were like, yo, what? This one kid, a younger guy on my street was <laughs> like, yo, how the hell are you, like, how the hell are you doing that? I'm like, man, you just kind of do it and you just like feel fine about it. Yeah. That's awesome. That's, that's so, yeah, high that right there. Super high bro. All right. You think we should uh, wrap up the dark December here? I think I'll that's just, it. Uh, I think everyone's prepared. You know, get those nine hours of sleep and don't bullshit me that you can't do it. At least get seven. You know? <laughs> get, do what you can do. And I know you can do more than you think. So, you know, maximize yeah. that potential. Stop being a pussy and be the guy. Be that guy. Be the guy. I love that. All right, I just finished off with a quote here. Early to bed and early to rise makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. Benjamin Franklin.